Where Nobody Knows Your Name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello there, and welcome back to the second episode of Season 4. This episode is called Woody Goes Belly Up. It aired on the 3rd of October, 1985. I'm James. And I'm John. The first episode with Woody in the title. I'm excited to find out what goes belly up means. Yeah, I thought it meant explodes. Like a kind of, was it Mr. Caruso from The Meaning of Life? Monty Python's The Meaning of Life? The whole wafer thin mint thing? I don't know. Embarrasses oneself? Yeah. It's a mystery. Guess we'll find out what it means. <laughs> yeah, it should, it should be an exciting one. This one's written by Heidi Perlman again, and directed by James Burroughs again. W- winning formula. Hmm. Should we talk about the open? Oh, definitely. It's an, a norm centered one. He's just drinking in the bar, very casually sort of uh, just saying, oh, well, yeah, I forgot my wife's anniversary. Another point, please. <laughs> no urgency there at all. I don't think that, there wasn't anything that reminded him of it. He just sort of went, yeah, I forgot. And all the stores are closed, so is he just hiding out at the bar? In the last episode, we asked how long they'd been married. They didn't mention a specific milestone anniversary, did they? No, they didn't. I mean, and that's one of them's, one of the years is Ashtray. I'm going to say no. I, I don't know what Ashtray is, but according to my dad, two months is, is pot noodle. Oh yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a deep cut on the podcast. An old reference. Yeah, an old reference. It was, you thought it was just a, um off-the-cuff reference. No, we remember everything. Like a passive-aggressive elephant. Oh, okay, you've lost me here. Was this a reference to something? George's just going, sometimes we talk about things on the podcast, which must be references to something slightly before our time, and other times it's just James rambling. <laughs> And anyhow, Woody's trying to be a good bartender, so he's trying to help Norm out. He's like, oh, you know, why don't you just give her a romantic evening? Carla suggests, you know, oh, I know a good gas station that's open. Hey, now there's there's an idea. Norm just sort of, whilst drinking his pint, goes, an ashtray. Job solved, really. I probably shouldn't say this, but one time, I, and if she's listening, she will probably get mad at me. But an ex of mine, so if even if she did get mad at me, doesn't matter, but... Uh, an X-Man, and obviously this was when I was still with her. I went to Poland for a film festival as part of the course, but for, for legal reasons, she she couldn't go. I thought I'd get her a gift while I'm here. And I got her a teddy bear from a gas station, which I told her was from a nice little off-road boutique. Although technically correct, it was a gas station off the highway. Kebab shop nearby, which we're pretty sure sold horse meat. But anyway, gas stations... Not a good idea. And until this uh, was I mentioned on the podcast, she had no idea. But it was over two years ago, so it should be fine. However, I did get her some some genuine gemstone jewellery, though. Where was that from? <laughs> the airport. This will make me sound worse. It was either from the airport or from a jewellery store. I'm going <laughs> to say the airport. Now, I, I say that because I believe it was from a jewellery store, but my Polish isn't very good. So it would have probably been somewhere where they spoke English. But they were genuine you know they had like the certificate thing so you know i do get nice things just not from nice locales well i think that sets us up you know james for the main episode where woody tells of a previous romance back in his home state and and the gang of cheers are so inspired by his tale that they're like you know what let's bring her out a good summary of this episode which they didn't put on imdb but which they should have done because of its pun value Woody's girlfriend from Indiana visits, Fraser starts work as the Cheers janitor, but have they all bitten off more than they can chew? I mean, it's an alright pun. I mean, it's better than <laughs> no pun. Well, not always. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, you mentioned both of the two little plot points there. Fraser as a way of trying to make Diane feel guilty, has taken up the role of janitor at Cheers. He spends most of the episode just sweeping 
sweeping around. Diane seems to just get more frustrated with Fraser throughout the episode, which is quite funny to see. Fraser basically made a deal with Sam that when his bar tab got to $500, which is a lot, he will stop drinking and try to make the money back somehow because, you know, he lost his practice. So he's the janitor now to pay back his fees, basically. And also to pull a Nick Tortelli and to prove his value by working as a Cheers janitor. He's hoping he can <laughs> sweep Diane off her feet. Eh? Which I, d- I don't think really works through this episode. No, no, it does not. She's a bit confused why he's doing it. I think most people are. Even on top of that, Diane sort of says to Sam, can't keep letting him do this, you know? And Sam's like, it's great. People are coming in to see the sweeping psychiatrist. Unless he gives psychiatric advice, I don't really see how they would know he's a psychiatrist. Well, I think because he tells everyone. Ah, I used to be a psychiatrist and now I sweep the floors at Cheers. I don't know why I made him sound like Alec Guinness. That was a bit weird. (laughs) But as we do see later in the episode, he does give psychiatric guidance as well, which brings us on to the sort of main part of the story. Beth arrives. Woody's old flame? New flame? Woody's... Flame. (laughs) Woody has a flame and it's Beth. Beth the flame. As soon as she arrives, they go off and Sam's like, oh, go on, go on, you, you youngins, go on, have fun. And they do. They're, they're having a whale of a time. Yeah, they've great time. Um, but they also, they also reveal the fact that both of them have lost like a substantial amount of weight in the time where they haven't been together. They're both quite excited for them, the other to see the sort of transformation. When, and I'm sure this is a thing which has been repeated on the internet, so it can't be just me, because the internet never lies. When you're in a relationship, people don't put as much effort into their appearance because they're not trying to woo anyone. So it could have been that. They loved each other. They weren't as concerned about their weight. But when they're separate, they're wowing, you know? Could just be that. They're eating less. Suggested that their relationship revolves a lot around food. Even as soon as they meet, they decide to go out for a meal together, even though Woody's just come back off lunch. I mean, I see no issue with this. Neither do I. I do like a good meal. I love a good meal. I suppose what one of the issues is, is that if he's just come back from lunch and he's going out again, they're going, hey, Woody, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be working here. But then Sam just does what he wants all the time. Sam gave him the day off. Yeah. In fact, the only one who actually does all their shifts at Cheers is Carla, the one who's got a multitude of kids to look after. This is when Frazier does step in to give his sort of own guidance, psychiatric help. The sweeping psychiatrist, he believes that food and the eating is filling a void in the relationship of a conversation that they both don't want to have. Because Woody is a good farm boy and uh, he doesn't want to do anything out of wedlock. Or neither does Beth. That's it. So they're both afraid to talk about it. Do you say afraid? I did. You see what I did there? Well, you said earlier in this that a pun's better than no pun. I think, I think you've proved yourself wrong. Uh, we'll see about that. Well, anyway, um, Diane agrees with, with you, I guess, and says that it's sort of Freudian mumbo-jumbo, and that all they need is they need to go out for a, a good meal and realise to set some boundaries in eating and diet. It's interesting. There's two schools of thought on why it works. Frazier has the Freudian theory, um, because his practice and his views are more akin to Freudian ideas. But Diane refers to herself as a Skinnerian behaviorist. Do you know of what she speaks? No. I do, and I found it interesting. This was something I studied a while ago when I studied psychology, but she's referring to Skinnerian conditioning or operant conditioning and the Skinner box by B.F. Skinner, a psychologist back in day. And what he developed and theorized from this is he put a pigeon in a box. And this box had an <laughs> electrified floor. What? <laughs> it just caught me off guard. 
Okay. You put a pigeon in a box, right? And the box had an electrified floor or a floor which could, you know, give the pigeon a small shock. When the pigeon did something right, like it clicked a button or something, a little pellet arrived and the pigeon went, ooh, tasty treats. Uh, if the pigeon did something wrong, Skinner went, no, bad pigeon, and electrified the floor. And this is what's called operant conditioning, where one associates pleasure and being rewarded with something and associates being punished with something else in order to learn traits. So a lot of children develop this. So when they've done something bad, probably not okay now, but you know, they used to get spanked. And if they did something good, it's like, wow, you did good. Here's a lollipop, you know? Hmm. I get the concept. I do have one qualm with it. Yes. Why a pigeon? A pigeon could fly and not be on the ground. I don't think he thought that through. I don't think the pigeon hovered in the box and went, <laughs> aha, I, <laughs> I win this round. Get all the pellets and no ground. Pigeon never figured out the ground's the problem. <laughs> if I stay off the ground, I'm fine. It, it wasn't a pigeon playing the floor is lava, although that would have been an interesting twist to the experiment. <laughs> B.F. Skinner going, well, I tried to prove something, but the pigeon just wouldn't stay on the ground. Damn wings. The pigeon just wouldn't stay on the ground. I like that. That's a good phrase. Diane tries to condition both Woody and Beth during a meal. And Sam's there as well, because of course. But <laughs> Diane's quite boastful and goes like, Aren't we just the trendsetters? It's not everyone that could walk into an elite French restaurant and order nothing but vegetables. I will say, I like a vegetarian meal. Nothing against that. It's just because she was forcing it on everyone. And then Beth goes, maybe we should have some eclairs. Oh. And then Diane's like, no. You need to diet. Put the eclairs down. And then she does like a moral story and goes, one meal can't change your life. Only you can change your life. She's wrong, though. If it's poisoned, it will change your life very quickly. Well, that's very true. But yeah, you know what? She's wrong as well, because this meal does change their life. Because they're not full, they end up being able to talk. And they have the conversation that they haven't been having. And it turns out Fraser was right. You know that subject that you don't like to talk about. What subject don't I like to talk about? You know, that subject that you never talk about. The reason we never talk about that is because you don't want to talk about it. I don't mind talking about it. <laughs> In fact, I, uh, I think about it all the time. Well, I don't mind talking about it either. In fact, I think about it too. You think about it too? <laughs> then maybe we should talk about it. Yeah, I think we should talk about it. You don't suppose there's a chance we're not talking about the same thing? No. no. <laughs> well, I think we've talked about it enough. Me too. <laughs> well, I think we're going to be shoving off. Oh. They just want sex, so they go off. And what does Sam and Diane do? Well, you know, they eat. And they flirt and compliment each other. Then to avoid something sexual happening, they just keep Ordering food. Yeah, they got a lot lots of pasta. Reminds me of some of my dates, John. Nothing physical happening, but a lot of food being ate. They should change the name of this episode from Woody Goes Belly Up to Malone Goes Belly Up. Because it does go right back to that the Monty Python sketch that you said at the beginning. The last chocolate at the end. <laughs> yeah, well, the old thin mint. And then... <laughs> I'm quite happy with that explosion, Sam. Yeah, that was pretty good. But it was a, it was a fun ending to it, I think, you know? And I think it's like I said in the last episode, it's that same old reliable cheers formula. You know, we were thinking that something might change. Doesn't seem like much has changed so far. Just oppressing it. Fraser's got a new job. <laughs> What's the notable background characters in this episode, James? We have Al Rosen as Al. And he has a great line sort of taken down Cliff. Gosh, can't believe how big this city is. Yeah, yeah, quite a place. But, you know, Boston is the uh, hub of uh, 
Boston proper, which uh, comprises some, oh, there's probably, what, two and three-quarter million people uh, spread out in 83 cities and towns. Get out of here. You question my figures? No, I want you to get out of here. <laughs> it's very harsh. Everyone hates Cliff. <laughs> you know, the much more depressing parallel universe version of Everybody Loves Raymond. So who is in this episode? We've got Al Rosen. As Al. We've got Amanda Wiss as Beth. She also appeared in Saint Elsewhere as Prue Dowler. Cagney and Lacey as Bridget Cagney. CSI as Tina Vincent, as well as many other guest TV roles. Elizabeth Kiefer as Lisa. She appeared as Angela Lawrence in The Younger and the Restless. Amy Copper in Days of Our Lives. Miss Marjorie in Red Dead Redemption 2, as well as many others. Sean Everett was credited as Sean A. Markland and played Walter. This was his film debut. He also appeared in Mulholland Drive, Gilmore Girls and House, but is primarily known for working in the art department as a prop master for Halloween 5, Northern Exposure and Mulholland Drive. Some work with uh, David Lynch then. For some kind of context, Lisa is a woman which hits on Woody and he runs away to the office because he's like, I want none of you. I only have eyes for Beth. In fact, my commitment to Beth is so much that Kiss wrote a song about it. I don't know that song. It's called Beth. Oh. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see uh, if Beth becomes a semi-regular character in this season. And that's the trivia bar, James, which means we've got some lovely questions based on today's episode. Do you want to kick things off? Yeah. What anniversary gifts are suggested in the cold open? Oh, all I can remember is a romantic evening. There's a can of 40 weight from a gas station, a night of romance, an ashtray, a pack of cigarettes, and a snappy new pack of matches. Yeah, some, 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 I was going to say some good options in there. They're not. <laughs> it's like he's married to Dot Cotton or something. <laughs> Who? Uh, it's this, yeah, character in a soap opera and she just smokes uh, all the time and drinks wine all the time. An inspiration to us all, really. <laughs> In this episode, Sam announces Fraser's sort of totaling bill of outstanding drinks paid for. What's he up to? Just over $500. Yeah, which is, that's a lot. He jokes that he'll advance it to 1000 and Sam just goes, no. Are you kidding me? 1000 is a lot of money. Come on, Fraser, get a damn job. He's thinking that, but he softens the blow a bit. What is Beth's surname? Bethany... Curtis? Yes, it is Curtis. Okay. In this episode, Bethany Curtis and Woody go out for breakfast. What do they have, James? One of the items is Eggs Benedict. That's the, like, the topper at the end. They have pancakes, sausages and hash browns, and then followed by Eggs Benedict. Yeah, I could have that. Sounds nice. Another food-related item? A lot of food in this episode. It got me watering at the mouth, and maybe you'll see some house specials on the way. But another food-related item? What is the hungry heifer carnivore platter. This is a steak dinner topped by pork chops, which sounds like too much. I could have a steak and a pork chop, maybe a few vegetables. I'd, I'd probably do the breakfast. The breakfast sounded better. What nickname did Beth have for Woody? I have no idea. I can't remember. Butterball. Oh, that's a, quite the, the nickname, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm sure she meant it as a term of endearment, but it's not the nicest of nicknames to have. <laughs> It sounds delicious, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not keen on that. 
I mean, some fine confectionery is, is... Pure butter? Not pure butter, but it's a ball with butter in it. Well, there's this nice Brazilian sweet treat called a brigadeiro, which is condensed milk, butter, cocoa powder, some chocolate sprinkles. Okay, you're bringing me round. Very nice. I made a platter of them once. Put some coconut shavings on them. Ooh. <laughs> Apparently they were as good as a Brazilian chef's. <laughs> I made them once, never again. Stop while I'm ahead. That's the last call at the bar, and you know what that means? It means it's time to pick what we're going to finish this episode with. Eggs Benedict, to top it off. Yeah, let's go for Eggs Benedict. I think the hungry have a carnival platter too, too much for me. I mean, this won't surprise you. I've had a big breakfast in my time. I've had a few big breakfasts in my time. I started breakfast once at a nice American diner. Me and a couple of friends were there for so long that it became the afternoon and we could start ordering beers. I'll tell you what, I have not come across well in this in this episode. I've just gone, I've, I've bought girlfriend's gifts from gas stations. My breakfast lasted so long, I drank beer at the end of it. I tell you what though, James, it aligned quite nicely with this episode because this was a, a good introduction to not only yourself to new listeners, also to Woody as a character, as we got a better introduction to him in the season. And I think that's worth a toast, like bread toast, to go with the eggs benedict. That's worth a toast. Here's to Butterbar. Thank you for listening to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. This has been a Cheers podcast. Mm-hmm.